Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Guys, I'm Sai, and welcome to the Danny Batten Show. We are talking all sorts of MMA today. MMA news: Colin McGregor retiring again, UFC 250, and of course, we have another special guest, which we will get to in a minute. But you can see the gold shimmering, <laughs> shimmering. But of course, uh, here on Ace Podcast Nation, we've got uh, all sorts of podcasts, interviews and shows. We've got live football show every Monday, live MMA show every Wednesday. We have other shows. We've got wrestling, conspiracy theories, films, TV, unscripted and uncensored, uh, my story. And we've also got a brand new boxing series dropping very soon with some top tier guests, I shall say, without... uh, Without giving anything away. Of course, as usual, the show supported by Away Day Apparel. So visit their website, awaydayapparel.co.uk. And especially for viewers, listeners of Ace Podcast Nation and the Danny Batten Fight Show, you can get 10% off by using the code AA Podcast Nation, all in lowercase. And uh, you can check out, they got a new t-shirt, I think, dropping, new drop on Friday, I believe, with some uh, some new gear, which is always good. We like to see it. So, joining me is uh, form, former Cage Warriors champion, UK MMA legend, Mr. Danny Button. How are you, sir? Yeah, I'm all good, man. Been busy as usual. Uh, you wouldn't think so with all the lockdown and that, but uh, yeah, it's it's been a hectic time recently. <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to raise my seat because I feel really low down compared to. You. <laughs> I feel like oh, I'm yeah, I'm looking down at my seat. tablet. It's gotten even lower. Um, any news on the gym, mate? Uh, no news on the actual gym side of things, but um, I think things are beginning to fall in place in some way with pro athletes. Um, so yeah, there's light at the end of the tunnel regards to the martial arts side of things. Yeah, it looks like it's um, looks like it's on the way, doesn't it? And uh, mm. of course, joining us is current and technically and new Cage Warriors lightweight champion Mason the Dragon Jones. How are you, my friend? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I'm good. Um, and that still sounds so damn good. <laughs> <laughs> It does. It does. Me, it's 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 really cool though, because like obviously me and Danny covered that show. That was before these UFC shows started back up last few weeks. That was the last show or the last current show that we covered yeah. was that Cage Warriors uh, event. 
and it was a good, it was a really good event actually all round. Like, and obviously as a Welshman myself, I was loving it when uh, when the gold came home where it belongs. But, good um, finish as well, fair play for me. <laughs> <laughs> what um, what was it like fighting in empty arena? Yeah, it it, it it was weird, and obviously like the security on on the event, um, it was just it was just different. So. Um, everything was sort of really a lot more structured. Like Cage Warriors as Danny Gatello is really structured in anyway. They handle the events really professionally, and um, the way they they really they do everything is is as professional as can be. But this time it was it was really um, like military esque. Um, that's the sort of the best way I could explain it. So there was constant health checks. They were temperature checking you. Um, they wanted you isolated. Um, they had certain orders and times you had to be here at this time and see this doctor or this and that. Be at the venue for here. Um, there were security guards on the gate letting you in um, to the parking lot. Um, there was a security guard letting you in the building. And then you had to be escorted to your rooms. And sort of soon as your fight was done, straight to the doctor. Doctor checked you, straight to get paid, back to your bags. And they was like, please leave. <laughs> so they did it the best way they could. Um and it was obviously a crazy event, but sort of like the the, the way they did it, where you was there was no spectators apart from um, officials in the venue and corner teams, and then um, like I said, as soon as it was done, you was out. So it, it was a weird at- atmosphere. It was quiet, um, but it, it sort of added to the suspense. And I think it just gave it a little bit more. And um, for me, it's it's not really a big deal. Like I can get excited. Walking down the street, do you know what I mean? It, it's it's not a big deal for me. So I was fired up. I was ready to go, and um, I enjoyed myself. I had fun, and it, like I said um, earlier, I know I was joking, but you want to win a title fight like that. Like I caught him with a knee in the first round. He was clean. Um, I didn't take any big shots. He caught me with a left hook to the body and a right leg kick that was nice. And I think that's the only shot he really cleanly landed on me. So it was for me. It it, it went a a through to b perfect. I stuck my game plan, and it was a clean win. That's the way, mate. That's the way. The, um... There you go, Martin Spake there. Uh, great Thank you very much. Mason. And a shout out to Martin as well. He's uh, the owner of Black Diamond Sports, who uh, sponsor our football show, the Andy Campbell Football Show, which you can uh, check out on a Monday, 7.30. little plug for that. And, uh, <laughs> also, just a quick mention while I think of it, because I will forget, is um, over the weekend, we uh, we added some extra pages uh, on Twitter and Instagram. So the Danny Batten Fight Show now has got his own page. So if you follow at Danny Batten FS on Twitter and Instagram, and there'll be some clips and some news, and we'll be talking about upcoming shows on that, just to help you guys find the different content. But all the all the shows will still be streamed through the Ace Podcast Nation base. And then, yeah. So I guess like. We got loads to talk about. Like Danny, like at the when these shows started with the the no fans, I think the first one we both were a bit like, oh, I don't know if I like it. It's weird. It's like you, you kind of didn't have the momentum of the crowd lifting. But as these shows have gone on, I actually quite like it. I like like I you can hear every impact. You can hear the corners. Yeah. You can hear everything about it. Like, and I feel like it adds a different uh, a different aspect to it, doesn't it? It does. It, it almost personalises it. Uh, you know, you feel like uh, you're the only one cage side. So, um, yeah, it, it has definitely got its benefits. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
I'd, I'd imagine it's a little bit like sparring in your club when there's hardly anyone there. I'd imagine it's a little bit like that. Um, yeah, I mean, I've never fought under those circumstances, um, you know, to really know. But yeah, it's got its benefits. But, um, but, but by the same token, I'm kind of looking forward to having that crowd atmosphere back to the shows as well. Um, so, it seems like we're the, the place to start, really. But um, Conor McGregor retired again. Um, what do you think, Mason? Well, um, obviously, we had a little chat with this before. Um, my views on it is I think that for a change, I think this is generally an actual retirement rather than a sort of move for more money. Um, you never know with, with Conor. Obviously, Conor's a brilliant market. Um, well, he's a brilliant mar- uh, salesman. But... Um, I think this is more family-driven thing. Like, obviously, he's got two kids now. Um, he's training full-time. Danny can tell you as well as I can that when you're training for a big tier fight, you don't you don't have time to sort of to be spending the quality time you needed with family. Um, also, while trying to run a whiskey business and obviously the clothing company's got, I, I doubt you had much spare time. And it comes to a point where you have to think, like, does he really need to be fighting? And uh, for his family's side of things, like there was, there was no need to, to fight. Um, he, there was no, um, there was no sort of demand that he needed to to cover the, well, to cover his bills. So it just got to the point where I think his family's obviously sat him down and said, "Look, um, you need to sort of, you need to make a decision whether you're in or you're out." And um, I just think he chose the time to exit. Um, well, I think I would prefer if he had one more fight and then uh, announced a retirement after then, but. You never know whether he come back or not. Obviously, as soon as the retirement was announced, Floyd Mayweather um, put a post up, offering another boxing fight with him again. So you never know. What about you, Dan? What do you think, mate? Yeah, I mean, as a fan's perspective, um, you know, it's kind of gutting because I think there's still uh, interesting matchups that I would like to have seen, um, and I think you know, predominantly, that's what a lot of us will be gutted about. Um, but, you know, I, I can understand his position and, and just look at the pool of talent that there is about at the minute. I mean, it's quite a scary prospect to jump in there with anyone in the top 10. Um, so to, to get out might not be a bad <laughs> thing because I, 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 I don't think, you know, not to criticise him by any stretch, but when you have a look at how brutal it is, any one of those in the top 10 um, has a chance to, to beat Connor. And equally, obviously, we've as we've seen with Connor, you know, he could put anyone away on the right night as well. But... He's made so much money and that's got to be a lot of the drive for a lot of the athletes. And he's made so much of it. So I think one of the main you know, forces that drove him is no longer there. Um, he's got a very wealthy life. He's, he's got his family now. Um, he, he doesn't need to be around the fight sport anymore in, in, in that way, in terms of actually competing. Um, things are moving on. And uh, like Mason said, you know, he's got this whiskey business now. He's, he's, he's learning a, a different side of life with that aspect. Um, you know, I just I wish him all the best. I kind of hope and have a little gut feeling he might be back, but something tells me this is a, a more serious intended retirement. But I, I just have a sneaky feeling Dana's going to offer him something that he can't refuse for a step back in their fight. It'll be from an, probably another created belt, maybe that that might inspire him to come back. I don't know. Well, Johnny just said there in the chat um, that he thinks that he'll come back for Maz Vidal or Khabib money, and I think. Do you know what? I think more than money, I think those two fights would motivate him from a point... I think, like with the Cerrone fight, I said to Mason just before we started, with the Cerrone fight, I felt like he came back and he was focused, he was motivated because he wanted to prove a point. He wanted to prove 
that he could still beat top level guys. Now, whether you think Cerrone is still a top level guy or not, you know, it wasn't that long ago that Cerrone was on a massive win streak and beating all sorts of people. So, and and uh, McGregor absolutely starched him in what was it forty seconds or something? Um, and Masvidal obviously has had plenty to say about Connor. So I think there's that aspect to it. Would he like to beat Masvidal and then go and have the Diaz trilogy fight to finish? There's there's so much uh, there's so much opportunity for McGregor fights that don't necessarily involve him uh, fighting for the for the title. You know, he could go and fight Masvidal and then Diaz. He could fight. There's the Khabib trilogy. What? Uh, sorry, the Khabib rematch. If he lagged on my man. I just don't, you know, for, for, I think from his point of view, he'd like that Khabib fight because I think he'd, you know, he'd want to prove that he's better than what he showed on that night. But um, I don't know whether generally people are ready for that again because he, you know, he got beat comfortably really at the end of the day. Mm. Um, so they, they announced four matches, uh, four fights yesterday for the, for these fight island shows. Obviously there's, you've got, 11th of July, 15th of July, 18th of July, 25th of July, all from a, an island in Abu Dhabi. Um, so we had, so we'll talk about the first one, which was uh, Kamara Usman versus Gilbert Burns. Uh, Danny, we'll start with you, mate. What do you make of that? Uh, that oh, man, well, that's, that's just an intriguing matchup right there. That's going to be so, so interesting. Um you know, Usman can you know both bang with his hands and got that incredible wrestling, um, and, and then Burns obviously we know he's really talented on the ground, but can he actually get it on the ground? But we've also seen he's pretty talented striker too. Um, I'd say Burns is a little bit more uh, explosive and a little bit more diverse with his attacks, with his kicks and combinations. Um, but yeah, that's going to be a hard one to call to know who's going to win. I, I'm really, really chuffed that this matchup's been put on. Very, very good fight. Yeah, hundred percent, mate. It's, um, I think out of all these four matches, um, I think Gilbert Burns is the most deserving of a some sort of title shot. Um, mm. He's been on a tear. He was super impressive. Was it? Was it last week, Dan, or the week before? I forget. Last week. But um, mm, yeah, that's... you know, he was. He couldn't have done anything. You know, he couldn't have done any more. He was so impressive. Um, Very impressive, yeah. What do you think of this one, Mace? Uh, Kamara Usman and Gilbert Burns. So I'm a bit um, a bit biased when it comes to this because obviously Gilbert Burns, um, he's been at the gym and trained a few times, and um, he's good friends with my coaches. So um, I'm a big fan of Burns anyway. Um, but I just think that Leon um, is a bit really getting that Leon Edwards didn't get the shot before him. Obviously, Leon Edwards was on a crazy tear as well. Um, he's a bit quiet compared to a lot of the other top 10 guys in different weights but um, obviously he's on an 8 or 9 fight win streak um, whereas Burns has just sort of just torn through anyone they've given the last couple of fights and he's had that attitude for any any, any weight division any place any time I'll fight and um, I remember um, last time he was in the UK um, in Wales um, as one of my coaches was taking him back from a seminar um, I think I'm sure he fought he either fought before he come, or he did, he he'd done something. That's why he's done for a seminar, and then um, literally as he was in the car on the way up, he was agreeing to fight on the sub only tournament in a few days before, 
another um, sub only fight he had coming up. So he's just one of them guys who just takes fights as wherever he can take fight he, he can get fights. But um yeah, that'll be a crazy fight. I think um I think it'll be a stand of war. I can't see um mm. I think Usman's sort of gonna try wrestling a lot, but um uh I don't think he's wanna he's gonna wanna take to the ground. I think he's just wanna wanna keep him pressed against the cage. I think Gilbert Burns is, is gonna be going to sort of he's gonna be training just specifically to stop Usman's attacks wrestling wise and the two of them are just gonna end up swinging it out. Um I I I I can't really tell you who's going to win. I think um, they both got a good shot of winning. Like when when you get close to the, the top five, I think it's hit or miss. Um, whoever's going to win on 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 the night, I think um, it's it's hard to call. I think um, Usman will remain, but um, obviously my um, I'm hoping that Gilbert manages to get a win. But we'll just have to see. And it's one of them that you, I can't wait to watch. Yeah, I, I really can't wait. I um, I got a sneaky feeling that Gilbert Burns is going to continue. He's in such a... He's just got so much momentum. And his all-round game is so strong. Mm. Um, I, I and, just... Uh, with Usman, I do wonder if they, if someone can really stop his takedowns. Like, I know he can strike, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he's by yeah. any means, you know, not... I, I, th- I just, when I, when I look at that matchup, I... I overall look at it like this. Uh, I, I see that Burns has got more potential to put the fight away on the feet and potentially on the ground. But I think the, the issue that Gilbert could have is, is exactly what Mason Jones was pointing out, which is that he could get smothered and have the round stolen from him because Usman could keep pressing him. him and not, not even for the takedown. I think, just think he could upper body control him and sort of smother the rounds away from him. Um, and, uh, you know, if I was going to be training, um, you know, against Gilbert with Usman's skill and ability, I'll be trying to like get him tired because Gilbert Burns is really explosive, um, but can you know make himself tired in in, in that way, especially over a five round bout. Um, so yeah, really, in, such an interesting matchup, and um, yeah, I, I mean, personally, I want Gilbert Burns to win. Um, I just think that he's. Uh, He's an exciting fighter to watch, and, and I'm absolutely all for that. Um, I, I like it when the fighters are really visual, and he's a visual visual fighter for me. 100%, mate. Um, so if you see me looking over there, I'm not ignoring you. It's because I'm looking at the screen. <laughs> just, like watching TV or something. Just, uh, um, the other one, which I cannot wait for, is Volkanovski versus Max Holloway. That mm. is going to bang. Uh Mace, what, what, who you got in that, first of all? Uh, Volkanovski. They fought before, and, and they, this yeah, is the rematch, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Just checking, because the way you said that, then I was thinking, I'm sure they fought before. Um, yeah, yeah. Obviously, the last fight, um, Volkanovski used movement um, and literally just took Max away by just using his movement. Um, obviously, there was more more going into it, but um, he just sort of used his range. He'd, he'd move in, he'd pepper him and he'd move back out before Max to retaliate. Um, Max is a very good fighter as well. So to see him get out manoeuvred like that, it was um, it was just one of them things that really shows you that anyone can beat anyone in, in MMA. And it's one of the reasons I love this sport so much because even though you, you think you know how a fight's going to go, to see someone win like that, it was just, it was it was beautiful to watch. Um, Sorry, I think mate, I Max... Say, the incredible thing, mate, as well, is that, what, maybe eight months ago, Holloway looked absolutely unstoppable. Mm. He would just look like yeah, everyone he would was talk saying, for everyone. Ever. No one's gonna beat him. And then all of a sudden, 
couple of yeah. losses and he doesn't look the, quite the same. Yeah. It's scary, mate. Go on, sorry, sorry to interrupt. You. No, it's fine. That's um, MMA field, do you know what I mean? It's so easy to turn. Um, and it's so easy to get it back. So, I, I, I don't know. Could it, is the same thing going to happen again? We'll have to wait and see. I think um, if Max has a better game plan, he he'll win. Um, it's just as easy as that. Like Volkanovski, he moved well, but every time he moved, he squared up. So I think if Max had been aware and could have pushed in just a little bit sharper, um, maybe used a couple of kicks to try and sort of shorten the distance down, work a body a little bit, then could it happen? But then you start rushing in, the, you start sort of trying to rush into people and you end up getting clipped. So it's it's the fight game, do you know what I mean? No one really knows what's going to happen. We can predict things, but I'm another one. That's another fight I'm going to be looking forward to watching. Like Max, I always love his fights. Um, the guy gets absolutely ginormous out of camp. So um, and he's always massive in uh, by the time he fights. So it'll be another interesting watch. Um, with them, you can never tell. Um, I think Volkanovski's going to remain, but um, it'll depend on which Max Holloway turns up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. Yeah, that's that's exactly right, mate. It depends which one, uh, which which Holloway turns up. Um, so then we had Dan, uh, the Stipe and DC uh, rematch, the third one, isn't it? Number three. Mm. It's gone one each way, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Tough. Where uh, Danny, what you got for that one, and what's your thoughts on that fight again? Yeah, I'm just wondering whether um, you know Cormier's perhaps getting a bit long in the two for it now. I think he's got all the skills and attributes to beat Stipe, but I'm just wondering now whether you know he's outstanding. He's welcome in there. Um, you know, I, I, there's one thing I do hate about the fight game is, is when they stay in there too long, and uh, they kind of destroy their legacy that they create for themselves. And I, I do worry whether he's staying in there a bit too long. But I just think he wants to get the edge on Stipe by getting that two on one over him. Uh, then you could look, maybe see him handing in his retirement. Um, but I'm actually going to go Stipe on this one, just because I, th- I just think, yeah, I just, I just worry about Cormier's chin, chin now. I think skill for skill, Cormier's the winner. But I just, over five rounds, I just worry whether that chin's going to hold up for him now. Well, um, you know, it's it's been proven that if people can get a clean shot on DC. DC. You know he can he does go down. You saw it with Jones. Yeah. You see it with Stipe. Um, yeah. Equally, we've seen DC dominate guys as well yeah. and look mm. really impressive. Um, you know, and, and he's look he's got his his post fight career sorted, haven't he? He's, he's yeah. a very very good analyst. He's a very good co commentator. Um, very good coach too. Yeah, and there you go. Obviously, like, DC coaches a wrestling team as well. Youth wrestling team in one of the universities. Um, he does that just because he loves wrestling so the guy can really turn his hand away and, and turn anything he wants to do when he's done um, I do agree this mm-hmm. is his last fight but um, I think DC is going to win this one I think um, I think DC will just be a bit smarter take him down and control it a bit more it's not going to be a flashy fight I think it's going to be a boring five rounder where DC just dominates and holds on as much as he can and I think he'll scrape a win and then I think he'll, he'll retire and um, I do I do sort of hope DC manages to come away with that belt and then retire because he's had an up and down career um, with Mr. John Jones obviously stepping in and ruining his day multiple times but um, I just want to see him go get the win for a change do you know I mean like he's he was a long reigning champion and then obviously this thing with Miocic and John Jones and It'll just be nice to see him get one more win and then hang his gloves up and just, like you said, get out. Um, he's always stayed his welcome a little bit. Um, I just want him to retire on a high. 
Yeah, mm. if anyone deserves to kind of go out, um, you know, as a, on their own terms as yeah. the champs, it's DC. But, you know, like you say, Stipe looked so impressive uh, his, during his win over DC. And I just wonder whether, whether you know, getting a bit heavy, mate, on your shoulder, was it? So you had to just switch it over. I got a Tammy top on. I didn't realize uh, I was covering the logo. So they'll be... Uh... Uh, so yeah, I think uh, I think Stipe, but I, you know, the heart says DC all along. Like, yeah, you know. Mm. Um, okay, and then the fourth. What was the fourth one? Let me think. Uh, Jose Aldo versus Peter Ye- uh, P- P- Peter Yan. Yan. Oof. Um, look, <laughs> I would have rather seen a different fight to this for Yan. I gotta be honest, um, but I can, you know, Jose Aldo. Jose Aldo is so popular in Brazil. He's he's so popular overall. You know, he's a legend of the game, one of the greatest ever. Um, would I have rather have seen Aljamain Sterling versus Peter Pettigan? Yes, I would. Um, but I, you know, I'm not gonna complain about this fight. But there is like this thing where I would have probably rather seen other fighters. Um, just before we go to that. We have a question in the live chat, uh, and they want to know, uh, Mace. You, well, we all sort of said DC to retire after beating Stipe, hopefully, uh, and they all said, or the pe- couple of people said, uh, no Jones or DC for in the he- heavyweight division. No, I can't. Um, I can't see them fighting again. Um, I think Jones is obviously like he's holding out for more money. Um, he's asking for super fights, and I think Jones is getting to the point as well where. He wants the big money and go. And I just, I think DC's done it that many times. I think DC just got, has something in his head that he, he'll never beat Jones. Um, the last time he fought, um, I just seen it as this was his last time to beat him or he, he'd give up trying. And um, like you said, he's, like Annie said, he's not getting any younger. And Jones is one of those guys who I think he's just going to be, he's got a bit bit longer left than him. Like I can see Jones having another 10 years left. Um, so it, it's difficult, but I just can't see him having another tear. Um, it's hard like when you're a reigning champion like John Jones has been reigning for a long time you have everyone training specifically to beat him um, his last fight was close um, I, I think he, he, he won the fight but it, it, it was close um, I can see why people are they argued for Dominic Reyes to have the win but at the end of the day uh, in the record books it says John Jones won that fight um, John Jones sticks by that fight um, so it's, it's hard, but I can't see DC and Jones have another run. I think there's too many big fights to make for Jones. Um, obviously, he's arguing for money at the time, at, at the minute now. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens with that, whether he, he does come back or whether he goes somewhere else. Jones, haven't seen, he hasn't seemed that keen to fight a heavyweight either. He's kind of, mm. I know he's mentioned it a couple of times, but generally on the whole, he's said that he wants uh, DC to come down. Um, yeah. What about you, Dan? Do you think we'll see that fight, whether it's at heavyweight or, or light heavyweight? No, I don't think this is going to happen again. I just can't, I can't, I can't see that happening. Simple as that. Johnny, Johnny Wish in the comments said that he thinks that John Jones hasn't looked the same in the last few fights. Um, and he, he hasn't been that impressive. So here's a question for you. Do you think John Jones, uh, like when he fought against... DC, he was so motivated by their personal feud that he was, you know, super focused, super 
super motivated. And then maybe when he's had these couple of fights now where there's no tension and there's no, you know, there's no lights and there's no feud, maybe it's a little bit harder for him after the career he's had to, to really put 110% focus in. Uh, Dan, you go on. You go first with that one. Uh, and I just feel like John Jones has um, just fought very economically. Very economically. Um, I felt like he was always doing just enough to win the rounds. He weren't busting a nut in any particular round. I'm not necessarily trying to put any of the rounds away when, I, when I've seen him in recent times. So you've got to remember, he's been fighting some really potential dangerous people, some dangerous strikers. So he can't put a foot wrong. And I just feel like that he was moving around the cage in a way where he's just trying to predict every every element. And, and I put it down to fight IQ. I just think this guy's um, super intelligent. Um, I was lucky enough to... Uh, train with uh, Greg Jackson who, who trains uh, quite extensively with Jones yeah. over the years and he said this guy is a, a genius and w when you train him he, he's hungry for new information and, um, and always questioning everything uh, I just think he's got a really good um, fight IQ I think he's just fighting very safe um, although that's not so good perhaps for the fans who want to see something more flamboyant um, I just think he's learning his craft very, very well and uh, learning how to do it so that he has longevity in the sport if he chooses to. Yeah, I think the other thing is, is people know that he's capable of, uh, you know, being quite flamboyant in, in terms mm. of his fighting. But, um, you know, Danny, we've talked about fight IQ a lot um, over the mm. past couple of months, particularly. Um, and I think in fight IQ terms, John Jones is probably right up there with the best ever. Absolutely. Um, you, One thing I'll add to that quick. Um, when I trained, obviously, I, um, I trained out in America once for a couple of weeks um, in Florida um, when I was 17. And I trained with a guy who um, he knew John Jones. He trained with John Jones a lot. And um, he said he was there when John Jones made his debut. And he said he's never seen someone with so much natural talent. Um, and John Jones literally took a debut without any training at all. He'd done um, some light wrestling and stuff. And he said the guy was just throwing stuff and he just looked like he'd been in there all his life. So um, he's one of them guys. He's just an, he's just got a natural af athlete. And like Danny said, he just takes it in like a sponge. Um, I also think um, the same thing that he's just, he's surviving in there. Like he was winning these fights and just making sure he won. Like the Dominic Reyes fight, he didn't go out. He didn't try and overcompensate or try and overcommit to anything. He was just, precise he won every he, well he, he he made sure he, he won enough rounds to win the fight yeah I think my thing with John Jones as well is like if it wasn't for the stuff outside the ring people would give him much more credit in the, yeah. in the octagon um, and I it's a shame because without that stuff he is, in my opinion, at least, he's comfortably like the best ever just because he's so good. Um, and he's beaten guys over the years, like top, top guys, without being fully focused and without being, you know, uh, generally at the pinnacle of sport. If you're not on your game on those big nights, you're, you're lucky if you come away with a result. And I do feel like he's beaten some top guys when maybe he hasn't taken it as seriously as he, as he could. Um, and just kind of going on uh, where you mentioned John Jones' debut there about like how relaxed and comfortable and, and he was. I watched um, a clip from a recent podcast which Chael Sonnen did with Brendan Shaw, uh, Sharp. And uh, they were saying for that Cerrone fight, Conor McGregor turned up. Uh, he turned up, I think, 
just at the start of the co-main event. So he wasn't. He came in. He did his drugs test. He did all the bits he had to do. Got taped up. Went in. Went in forty seconds and left in like about forty-five minutes. And then um, apparently, like the UFC tried to keep it quiet because obviously there was he hadn't turned up. Whether he, I don't know if he had permission to come in late or whatever. But um, I just thought they should have told people. They should have been telling, you know, oh, Conor McGregor's not here, Conor McGregor, because he adds to the mystique of it all. And then for him to just come in and uh, just, you know, start him in seconds after coming in late, doing his drugs test, doing his stuff, and then leaving, I thought that was the, the most Conor McGregor thing possible. <laughs> um, okay, so someone just put in the comments, look at these hot men. They must have been talking about me. Uh, <laughs> two fighters, I'm assuming. Okay. Let's talk UFC 250. Um, overall, uh, makes just the general outlook of the show. What did you think of it? Whatever it notes. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it was three of the best knockout, uh, the best finishes I've really seen. Um, Aljamain had a crazy, I think Danny would really agree with this. Like his back dig transition was beautiful. Um, it was something you normally get in the gym against lower belts. Like the way he literally took him down straight away, locked the um, locked body triangle up. Um, Corey Sandy Gagan didn't really sort of seem to do much defense wise. Um, he seemed to go the wrong way. Didn't really attack the joint of the knee at all to sort of try and separate the foot. Um, he just it was just literally just waiting until he was getting choked. Um, Cody Garbrandt, obviously I'm biased. Um, he's one of the nicest guys I've ever met out in Team Alpha Male, so um, I'm really biased on him. But um, it was just awesome to see him come back and look away. You know he can fight. There was no emotion there. He was cold and he just sort of went in there. Um, Asanio sort of, Asanio did score slightly more than him on the cards, um, but it was just, he wasn't really scoring. Um, I wrote uh, Cody's crazy fast. Hands looked higher from the start. He looked clean and cool and technical. Um, didn't really throw enough for me. Um, but then both of them seemed quite hesitant. Um, I think that was more so Cody didn't really want to get chinned again. Um, so he was he was clean. He was technical. Uh, Asanio's kicking was terrible. Um, and then a minute in, um, Cody started landing his shots. Uh, a minute ago, sorry, Cody started landing his shots. And then um, that was the end, the second round. And then obviously, as soon as he hit, hit the fence, he knocked him out. He knocked him out cold. One of the cleanest nuggets I've seen. Like at one point, um, he literally just before he knocks him out, he leans into the cage, um, ducks forward, and she just pushes off the cage to hit him. And it, it was it was one of them that is going to be remembered for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, like Sanyo after he couldn't even sit in the stool. It was in hell on this. So um, that was up there. That was probably my favorite fight in the card. And then obviously Sugar as well. Um, you can't really you can never go wrong with the Sugar and Manny fight. Um, that was probably the cleanest kick-in fight I've seen in a long time. Um, the way he took the center straight away, he used the obliques to control distance, he was using fates to set up his kicks. He looked great, crazy fluid. Um, both of them had their hands low, and then he was just waiting until, obviously, O'Malley caught him with the right hand, and that was the end, end, end of it. Yes, but on it. Um, like, obviously, we'll go through fight-by-fight fight now of the main card and uh, have a little chat about each one. But, um, Danny, what was your overall feeling of the show yeah yeah i enjoyed it you know we, we got to see some finishes um you know submission and knockouts um that, that, that's always good to have I, I really enjoyed the overall show um yeah. each and every fight for me was um intriguing to watch 
Yeah, for sure. And I think um, I always love a card which starts with uh, Sugar Sean O'Malley uh, as the first fight because it gets you right in the mood. And uh, he did not, did not disappoint. Um, Danny, makes was there anything off the ceiling which kind of caught your eyes? Any uh, any of the fights? I've only seen some of them myself, so. Just asking, really, if there was any which caught your eye. I, I, I had a chance only, really, for the, the main card. I, I've been ran off yeah, my yeah, feet recently. So. Uh, the same as me, that is. I, um, yeah. I haven't really had time to watch it. Um, I, I hate staying up to watch the fights. Um, I, I like my sleep um, mainly just because I'm always training. So um, normally I sleep and then I get training on like a Sunday morning. So I have no chance. Um, I just watched the main card and wrote notes on that. Um, the prelims are something I'm to watch probably this week now. Um, as soon as I get two minutes. Yeah, it's exactly the same as me. So, all right, let's uh, let's start with the uh, Eddie Wineland versus Sean O'Malley. Everyone, you know, uh, Sugar is making a name for himself for these uh, these finishes, and you know you can't fault him. He's got that. He's got a unique look, but it's not just. He's not. And he's quite. You know, he's cut some good promos as well. Um, which all you know that helps uh, in terms of getting your name out there as well. Um, but the thing but, is, he's not just all mouth, you know. Yeah. He's not just a good promo. He backs it up, and uh, woof. The finish. Uh, well, the the fight went one minute fifty four. Ended with a walk off KO punch. Um, Danny, take us uh, take us through your thoughts of the. One minute. 15. Yeah, I mean, he just—he—he's he, distancing, his he, range management. You know, the, uh, poor, poor Eddie just couldn't couldn't really get get a touch on him. Anyway, yeah, um, no. it's obviously really rangy. Um, you know, it was like so it looked like with the color of his hair, it's like he was trying to trying to land punches on a rainbow. You can't touch it. <laughs> he was just uh, <laughs> the, the the guy was unbelievable. I. I we haven't seen him really under pressure yet to really know how he's going to receive it when, when someone can actually close in on him and try and put him under pressure. But you can't fault what he's doing. Um, he, he stays range, he stays long, and he's pretty damn precise. He like f does a few feel out shots, and and he just seems to know where someone's going to move, and then he throws and lands on the button. I mean, it was an absolute dirty knockout, a dirty, dirty <laughs> knockout. Um, I mean, ouch! I, I, I hit him so hard, I thought his tash was going to come off his face. Yeah, it, made, it was insane, wasn't it? His kicking is so clean as well. Yeah, it, it is. He, he, he was doing those teeps, really managing the range. And it, it, well. it, I'd imagine, <laughs> yeah, I'd imagine trying to spar with a guy, I imagine it's an absolute nightmare in training. He's so, so elusive. He'll be like fighting a ghost. Yeah, you do need to really pin him down and cut him off. And um, I, yeah. I just think Eddie just chased him too much. Um, he could have done with sort of... Square on. Yeah, mm. like there was a lot of things he could have done, but um, like the spinning hot kick Sean O'Malley missed with before, he switched and unfortunately he pushed forward slightly. So when he spun, he just sort of went a tiny bit over, over the top of him. I think if, if he had planted his feet and switched on the spot, I think he would have knocked him starch with a spin hook. Um, yeah, yeah. But it, it was just sort of the two of them had their hands low. Um, so someone was going to get knocked out. Um, I think Eddie, Eddie caught him with one good shot and that was sort of Sean took it on, on the move. And there wasn't, it, it didn't really connect. Um, like he clipped in with it, but it was nothing powerful. But like Sean caught him with teeps to the stomach. Um, he caught him with um, like 45s, the body. 
um, the spin out kick he's just slightly missed with, and his kick his kicking is so fluid. Like at the minute, I've really been working on my kicking. Um, I think that's at the minute that was the the part of my game I really needed to work on because I just couldn't get it to sort of click with the rest of my game um, to the extent I know I could kick. So um, to see someone really kick the way he did, um, especially with um, also my girlfriend being an Olympic taekwondo kicker as well, the two of us were literally just over the moon watching the way he kicked, and it, it's enjoyable for everyone to watch. Enjoyable mm. for having to watch. Yeah, 100%, mate. And um, I was just trying to think then of, like, uh, just off the top of my head, really, of any walk-off KOs in the UFC um, which were any better than that. And I can't... Garbrandt! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 not even an hour later, was it? It's better than that. <laughs> Some other events, then we'll say because we had the coincidence. Who's who's the um the the big heavyweight um who had loads of not walk off KOs um oh, he had bleach um, blonde there he was um he went out he, he left in controversial fashion didn't he um oh, what was his name oh, that's gonna bug me I'm gonna have to Google that now in a minute New Zealand he's from was he or oh, um he fought Brock Lesnar didn't he and then Brock yeah. Uh, failed the test. Well, he sued, didn't he? Because Brock Lesnar yeah. failed the oh. drug test. What's his name? Let me Google it. Hunt. Mark Hunt. Mark Hunt. Yeah, Mark Hunt was one for the walk-off KOs. Like, whenever I think of a walk-off KO, I always think of Mark Hunt. Um, obviously, big guys that got a lot of power. Um, then you've got... Uh, but the way he sort of... The way he clipped him and just how cool he was for the old fight, yeah, I think it's up, up there. Um, Sean, someone who was really going to take a tear through a bandweight division. Obviously, he would have been... I think title contender by now if he didn't have had his ban. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see how it goes. But that, what did he get banned for? Wasn't he banned for some missing a test rather than failing a test? Was it? I took the sweet weed. Oh, well, I know. When did he with weight cutting? I Google it now. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember what it was. But I just, in my head, I keep thinking that it was something, you know, it wasn't like a, like a failed shot. test or something. I might be wrong. Though. Um, Side door. <laughs> yeah. But um, who would you like to see him go against next, uh, Dan? Ah, uh, Usada. Sorry. Yeah, he had a disagreement with Usada. Did he? Yeah, two-year ban. Um, turn on, hang on. Right, well, Mason's Googling that then, Dan. I got, <laughs> I got some bantamweights for you, okay? Uh, who would you put... Uh, Sean O'Malley is ranked, ranked number 14, which is mm. mad. Um, so just yeah, yeah. Him, you've got Rob Font, John Dodson, uh, Rafael Asanto, uh, Uriah Faber, Corey Sandhagen, Jimmy Riviera, Dominic Cruz, Cody Garbrandt, Pedro Munez, Petr Yang, Gil De Aldo. Right. Him and Dominic Cruz, they'll both be interesting together, wouldn't they? Dominic yeah. Cruz, yeah, two footwork merchants. That that'd be running around the cage, interesting fight. each other. <laughs> yeah, it'd either be super exciting or or it'd be super boring. It'd just look like two people break dancing. I don't know. Um, I'd like to see him fight for Jack Shaw. I would. Oh, sugar. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I think that would be insane. But I've got to say, I want to see Jack Shaw fight Nathaniel Wood more. Um, that would be John. good. Brett Johns is looking for a. You know, a big fight. He's ranked number 21. But look at the guys Brett has fought. Alistair Sterling and Pedro Munoz. Do you know what I mean? They're the two yeah. losses to. They're two big guys. 
and um, he sort of doesn't do him justice to the guy he is. Um, I think yeah. obviously the sugar, the sugar Sean fight would be good for Jack. Um, I think Jack could take him down. Jack's good with what he does. Um, he does what he does spectacularly. Um, I googled it, so um, he had a tainted substance, so they banned him six months. So he was campaigning to sort of um, get that out revoked because um, it was a tainted substance. And then um, they tested him after a six-month ban and uh, he tested positive from the same thing, from the, it was the oh, shadow wow. of the same test. So they banned mm. him again. Um, so he had a campaign to get that revoked and then they um, they relieved the um, the ban. So, um, do you know I mean? It's one of them things you sat uh, over the top. You're just going to be careful what you eat, eating, what you, you, you're taking. It's just one of them things. Um Everything has to be sourced, and it's, it's, it is difficult. Yeah. Okay, then. So just to, to finish up on sugar, I'm going to ask you both, just no reason, just say which fighter you'd like to see uh, O'Malley fight next. Uh, Danny. I'm going to go someone like Dobson. See, see whether you know, see how that would go down. Because okay. uh, Dobson's uh, creative. He might be able to find a way of getting in on it fast. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Mace? Um, I'm not really too sure to be honest. Um, I think another fight, another step up would do. Someone in the top ten. Um, but everyone in in bantamweight, I think the best thing to happen to bantamweight is to Hudo to sort of retire. That was the best yeah. thing to happen. So there's everyone sort of like the amount of people who could have had a title shot by now. Um, Sterling, um, obviously uh, Jan and who else is in there and um. Munoz, like all these guys are really pushing at, 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 at the uh, pushing to be next. So I don't know, to be honest. Um, I think they're leading in the right way. They always do a good job UFC with matchmaking. So I think they'll match him with another top 10 guy. And um, I think he'll tear him apart. And I think he'll be a serious contender for an elimination for the title. Um, I'd like to see him fight Aldo, to be honest. I think, um, obviously, we talked, we spoke before. I think Aljamain should be fighting for the title. Um, Mm. against Pete Yan and then um, they could have had Aldo fight Sugar that would have been a good fight um, obviously Garbrandt's back in the mix as well um, so it's it's one of those divisions where I think anything can happen so let's just keep seeing who they mix up next and see what comes so uh, if it was me if you really want to really see if he's a superstar I'd put him up against Dominic Cruz who's ranked sixth um, mm. If they just want to keep progressing him step by step, then I would go with Rob Font, who's ranked 13, just one above him. But Rob Font is on a two-fight win streak. He beat Ricky uh, Ricky Simon. He beat Sergio Pettis as well. Um, so that, I think that could be quite a good uh, good little matchup. But I also think um, just below Sean O'Malley, uh, you've got Yadong Song, who is... Uh, his last results are win, draw, win. Um, and I think, you know, he'll probably fancy it from his point of view. So Yadong's another another great uh, fighter. He's another team alpha male guy. Mm. Mm. Really nice guy. Really, really good. He's just one of those. He's just got power in his hands. Obviously, his last fight was a bit poor. Um, performance wasn't the best. Um, he come off, off a win, but it was a bit sort of could have been hit or miss either way. Um, I know he had a terrible camp for that fight with all the corona stuff. But um, the fight before that, um, he starched a guy, um, starched a guy. So um, songs one of them ones. He's a great fighter. You just gotta literally give him the right conditions, and he'll be able to contend with anyone in the top ten. Yeah, hundred percent. And the thing is, like, like we're saying, yeah. like Sugar will want someone in the top ten, won't he? But they're they're just below him. You've got guys like uh, Brett Johns, who's just come back with a win. 
You've got um, Rayoni Barcelones, who's on a three-fight win streak himself, who's a couple of ranks below him. You've got Yadong Song. You've got Vera. Um, you know, all Cody Starman. You know, these guys are one going to want a big fight as well, which Sugar is. So it'll be interesting to see who they match him up with next. But um, Bantamweight's back lively. Bantamweight, <laughs> yeah, it's insane, mate. The divisions in the UFC, it's just. But that bantamweight is just incredible. When you look, what do we say? Jack Shaw is ranked like forty-six. But I, we said on last week's show. Uh, with Jack, I think it was, wasn't it? Um, me and Danny were saying, or it might have been when, when his dad was on, actually, but we were saying, like, we would put Jack Shaw against the majority of the guys in the top 10, or top 15, say, and we'd fancy him to win mm. most of them, but he's ranked, like, 47. Obviously, mm. that's because he's, you know, he's new into the UFC, mm. but it just shows you how deep that division is. So, well, look at Leon Edwards. I know, obviously, we brought this up earlier, but he's been pushed down to what is he sixth now? I think, and um, mm. he's on a nine-fight win streak. I think it is, or eight, eight or nine-fight mm. win streak, and he's back down. So, um, where obviously the rankings don't always mean uh, yeah, sort yeah. of what they should. As long as you're in the top ten, it, you just need to make the top ten, and then you're you're in 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 the mix. Obviously, shows with Aldo. Aldo, Aldo's what do you say he's on on there? He's what eight? Third, I think. Uh, or is, yeah, is he third? Ranked third, but Algermain Sterling's ranked second. I'm surprised he's ranked so highly. Yeah, these days. Yeah, fair play. Yeah, I thought he'd be lower. It is what it is, I suppose. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. Uh, next up, we got Neil Magny, Neil Magny Anthony Rocco Martin. Um, take us through your thoughts for that first round, uh, Dan. Only briefly, mate. Yeah, to be yeah. Uh, uh, Neil Magny, his relaxation was so impressive. Um, but sometimes I, I wondered whether in those first two rounds he's a little bit too too relaxed. Um, I felt like uh, you know Anthony was really pressing him against the fence a little bit, a little bit too much for my liking. I wasn't really unsure how the judges were scoring it. Um, I know that when they put the stats up for uh, the strikes, uh, yeah, I was, was really, really surprised to see that. that yeah. Yeah, that, uh, you know, Magma's so, so high up on the strikes. But um, certainly with the cage control, it was going for Anthony Marty's favour. And, and I was wondering whether Neil was letting perhaps the early round slip away from him. Um, but, you know, it turned out not. So that was you know, the only thing. He's got such amazing cardio, so much fluidity with his strike and so much range. Didn't you know, tired, why didn't he use it? Yeah, why didn't he use it from the get-go? I, I think he would have um, uh, literally... Uh, run uh, Anthony down. I think he would have just pressed and pressed and pressed and perhaps could have got him out of there within two rounds. But he was so late out of the starting blocks, it kind of baffled me a little bit. Um, I don't know I don't know what that was all about. Maybe he didn't know where he was. Cardio was at, maybe. I'm not too sure. Um, yeah, who, who knows? But that, that was my only criticism, really. Everything that he was doing was so nice to watch, but it was um, not enough. Almost. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I wasn't too sure. I, I actually scored the round against him for the first round. I did the same. Yeah. It, it was the the two judges give it thirty twenty seven, which I didn't agree with. Um, one give it twenty nine twenty eight, which I I agreed. Um, I think he lost the first round. Um, obviously yeah. Anthony can push it for, forwards. Um, I thought I wrote you. Yeah, Magni showed strong rest and defense. He pulled the arms off nice, and he was using the cage yeah. to stay up to stop um Anthony from taking him down. 
I yeah. thought Anthony was very flat-footed when he was poking, and I got bad checks because literally all Neil Magnum did for the first two rounds was just kick his legs out from under him. And um, yeah. that's where he got most of his strikes. Like, the jabs and stuff were sort of 50-50. Um, Anthony seemed to be putting a bit more into his punches, but um, Magnum mm. was just catching them more. And then um, it wasn't super dominant, but... Um, back and forth but it was just on volume Magni one like you, you can't just yeah. him out volume that much and it came into the third round and Anthony I, he just looked like he should have been in there for the third round he, he was done um, yeah and like to fight someone like Neil Magni you need to be able to keep it going for three rounds and like I understand yeah. Anthony took him down three times um, one of the takedowns he picked him up above his head but being a good wrestler it just means you have to be smart the way you take people down like obviously we talked about Jack Shaw a minute ago um, if you watch the way Jack takes people down, he, he, everything's clean, everything's clinical, everything's paced. Um, Habib does the same. Like these are high quality wrestlers, and they're smart with the way they take people down. So they, you're not, yeah. you're not plowing. You're just able to keep it going. And you, 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 these guys won't gas. They'll just go all day. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Neil Magny's um, stamina is insane. Um, so if you fight him, you've got to be ready to to really go to five. Go, uh, go, mm. go round for round and mm. really get into it. Uh, Johnny in the comments says, uh, put this show up against any MMA show for knowledge and analysis in the UK. Get it on Talk Sports. Well, that's very kind of you, sir. And he also says, get Mason on as a regular analyst. <laughs> Thank you very much. Indeed. Thank you for those kind words. Take them all day long. Uh, <laughs> was there anything which stood out for you, Dan? Um because we've spent so much time talking, because we're all chatterboxes this evening. Um, just from those last two rounds, anything which stood out for you? Yeah, really. I, I just thought that Anthony was, um, you know, trying to plant down and, and throw really hard. Um, and and he wanted it to it appeared to be to the ground, or, or at least to keep the smothering. But he was so inefficient. Um, he, he, everything that he was throwing with his strikes were, were not set up with any, um, any major setup. He was just throwing hard as he can, clinching up. There was really not productive for the amount of energy he was putting in. And um, his gas tank was just d diminishing round after round. And um, and it was getting him, getting him in trouble. Um, should have had a better uh, game plan, I think, for, for, for his cardio. Um, I, I think most athletes should know where their cardio is at when they're in there um, to know how to gauge how they're going to do each round. Um, yeah, I just felt like it was very, very inefficient. Uh, and would have been nice to see him uh, faint a little bit more, maybe to set up some of those entries so he could uh, get the takedowns a little cleaner so he had some energy to try and keep it there. Uh, you know, it wasn't to be for him. Uh, indeed, indeed, indeed. Um, so, Mace, was there anything you wanted to add? What, um, how did you score each like round? Who did you give them to, uh, Mace? But the first yeah, Anthony and then the other two with Neil. Um, I think literally Danny's just got in the nail there. Every point I had, I had to say there. Um, there's nothing to add. All I would say is um, Anthony was just too flat-footed. His striking was terrible. Um, he was just flat-footed and swinging. There was like Danny said, there's no time in there. Um, and obviously we mentioned McGregor. McGregor knocks everyone out because his timing's better than everyone else's. That's that's the way he knocks people out. His angles and his timing. Mm. And um, it's not about who wits the artist, it's who, who can land on someone's chin in the cleanest way possible. Um, I think, obviously, um, the sugar fight we showed about, he showed. Um, he timed it and he knocked him out and didn't look as if he had even hit him hard. It's just all hard timing. Yeah, spot on. Um, okay. Um, what was next? Aljamain Sterling. Yes, yeah, Aljamain Sterling, which was just a masterclass. 
Corey Sang again. Ah, yeah. Yeah, I was looking forward to this fight. I um, I thought it was going to be quite a close one. I thought it was going to be a really interesting fight, and um, it lasted about a minute and a half. And mm. Aljamain Sterling just took him down. Run at them. <laughs> so beautiful. It was, just, but it was, just, it was one of those just you kind of stood back and watched, and you were just like, "Wow, that was yeah. really, really good, like world yeah. class." Um, so, Danny, I know you are itching to talk about this because you love the grapple. Yeah, it was impressive, um, but it, it was it was impressive, and you can't take nothing away from the way he won because we like we keep saying it's what you're up against. But um, the, the, when he pressed him up against the fence, he had that whizzer, but then dropped really low with the whizzer. But the more lower you go down with the whizzer when your back's against the fence, the more of your back peels off the fence. And um, and you put your whizzer really under under a lot of pressure. And so he just threw upwards, um, disengaged that whizzer, and then he's just up on his back. And the way he fed him was really nice. He he, he laced up his legs with, with, with one leg and then jumped on for that body triangle. And, and being that early in on the very first round, man, you're utterly fresh and dry. You're sticking to that back. The sweat ain't going to be an issue because there ain't no sweat yet. Yeah, and um, you know, I, I would always say, and I, uh, you know, I've said this numerous times, that to have a body triangle and, and to try to do a rear naked choke is actually a little bit difficult to do, but not when you're that fresh. Um, you know, normally those, those chokes work better with with some hooks in place, but he had that body triangle and he's quite long and and and, and rangy as well, so he really looped those uh, arms round right underneath that chin. And, and the defence, to be honest, was really poor. Um, he was so late in on defending that choke. Um, he didn't reach up to block uh, either of the arms um, until they was all noosed up around his neck. Yeah, it was really bizarre. Um, it, I think he was kind of like a bit like a, a rabbit in the headlights, a little bit just stunned with what was happening to him. And uh, But yeah, I mean, Aljamain just looked utterly brilliant and I'm really excited to see him uh, fight in the future. Yeah. Yeah, anything to add, Mace, on that one? No, again, everything. Um, Aljamain really just secured the reason I don't touch gloves at the start of a fight. As soon as he touched gloves, he started pushing forwards and he used the touch of gloves to take the centre and then he literally just running at them. Um, I will say Aljamain's kicking was, um, his range was out. I think he would have settled in a bit, but his, his kicking range was really out. And then um, I just don't, I, like you said, I think when Sané Gagan had his back taken, um, Aljamain choked his face first. And um, I think it just literally... It was just turning him, he couldn't breathe, and he just sort of panicked. He went the wrong way, and he just sort of, he made a string of bad decisions, and he was just sort of, it, that was his night done. I, I think there was just no coming back from it. Like, he went the wrong way, he didn't make any attempt to tie a hand to get, sort of, to defend his neck. There was no sort of attack in the feet to try and separate, just to try and get straight back out. Because, like, mm -hmm. um, like Danny said, there's no sweat. You, you ain't exactly going to be able to swim back in. You ain't going to be able to to get him off mm. any other way apart from breaking those feet. Um, so if, if he'd sort of tried to strip a leg and sort of giving up his neck on that way, I would have understood it more because it was better than doing what he did where he was just laid there and no, you, when you're lying there like I, you're just going to get choked out. It's just a matter of time. Mm. Indeed, yes. It was uh, It was just impressive all round the performance. Um, and I think most people agree Algebraine Sterling should be in line for a title shot very soon um, you know he's been on a tear he looks impressive yeah, I think it's difficult to argue against him getting some sort of title shot very soon what do you think Dan? Yeah Okay and next 
next we've got uh, Garbrandt. You right, Dan? There. Sorry, yeah, I just I lost something. <laughs> I think I've got. I think I might have loose connection in the earphones. Ah, that's good. Uh, Raphael Asanso uh, versus Cody Garbrandt. Uh, another one which lasted a minute twenty-eight. This is the third fight of the night which lasted one minute twenty-eight, which is. <laughs> It's a good card. <laughs> yeah, it is a good card, but it's isn't it insane that they like lasted exact seconds the same. Like, um, Peaches says hello, and uh, yeah, a minute twenty-eight. This looked like the Cody Garbrandt of old, uh, Mason. Do you think? Yeah, um, obviously I talked it through earlier, but he just looked cold, clean, and clinical. Um, he was just literally just perfectly composed. Um, he was happy to pick him up. Um, obviously, on the stats, Asanya was winning, but um, I think I think that would have been a difficult one to judge. If he'd gone on like after three rounds, um, I think it would have been difficult. But the third, the second round, Cody really started landing. Um, he started landing clean. I think um, he would have lit him up in the third. Um, Asanya just looked big and slow. He, he didn't look he didn't look anywhere near as quick as Asanyo. Asanyo looked like a wolf taking an idea, do you know what I mean? He was just all over, over him. He was landing, then he was moving away. And um, like I said, that final knockout, he literally, um, he literally put his hand against the cage, leant forwards to duck, the right, to duck his shot, and then come up and literally just threw from the hip. Like, you don't get any more gunslinger than that. Like, he let, he's pushed himself off the cage and swinging from the hip. And... Um, uh, Asanyo was was in in a state. They couldn't even put him on the stool. He was falling off off the stool, and he was he was going back unconscious. So it was just one of them fights where uh, it was Cody did everything he needed to do. And like I said, I am biased because Cody is a very very nice guy. And um, like the first time we went out team alpha male, um, he was the one who put his arm around me, escorted me on the mats, and introduced me to everyone. And like he was the reigning bantamweight champion at the time, and I was just a young kid from Wales. Do you know what I mean so? Yeah. Um, it's nice to see him sort of back on on the the right footsteps, and it'll be nice to see him eliminate a bit more of the bandweight division and we sort of climb back to one of the top contenders. Hundred percent, mate. Um, so, uh, Danny, we have some breaking news, which I think will interest you. Breaking news announced thirteen minutes ago: the UFC has added Modestus Bukakakash. Which I can never pronounce. Don't even ask me to say. Versus Vincius Moreira to the July fifteenth card. Yes, I already knew. I know you knew. I know. I was just uh, telling the people, but um, mm. I knew as well. By the way, so there. <laughs> oh, mm. I've got an in. I've got an in. But um, no, um, obviously we've been waiting for Modestus to. To make his UFC debut, um, yeah, he's a very explosive and uh, exciting guy to watch. Fighter to watch. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, 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 he's he's a light heavyweight that moves like a lightweight with his striking. He's very very flamboyant. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's that's definitely the word for him, isn't it? Flamboyant. His last fight, obviously, I remember that because the there was a knockout with the elbows, wasn't there? Um, yeah, pin and a drop in the down. It was it was clean. He's he's brilliant to watch, and. Mm-hmm. Um, It'll be exciting to see how he tastes for the UFC. Mm. Yeah, hundred percent. I um, I've really been looking forward to ever since the first time I interviewed him, um, which was way back now, Dan. Wasn't it? it seems like bloody ages ago. But when I did that yeah. scripted uncensored, he's one of those guys where you're speaking to him and you can feel his passion for it and his excitement mm. for it genuinely, and um, like he can't 
wait. We had him on this show a couple of weeks back, and he's just itching, itching to uh, fight. Um, so I really look forward to it. I hope it lasts more than an hour and uh, a minute and twenty-eight seconds. An hour. <laughs> an hour. An hour. Yeah. Where the old UFC uh, UFC fights with no time limit. Uh, they're not UFC pride, aren't they? Yeah, it's um, an hour. Like, but no, hopefully, see, in, in some ways, I want it to last. Like, you know, go a couple of rounds so we can really see his skills. But then, obviously, mm. because I want him to win, I want him to go in and starch the guy in 30 seconds. What do you feel like as his coach then, Dan? Yeah, I mean, it's, abs- it's so, so, obviously so exciting. Um, uh, I have actually cornered a, a fighter in UFC many, many years ago, a guy called Dave Lee, um, a couple of times. Um, but, um, you know... It, you know, with Div, um, with Modestus, you know, he's come for me for specific skill sets that he felt he was lacking in, and um, and and the nice thing is we got results because of the improvements that he's made in those areas. So this is really stepping up onto the biggest of the platforms in in terms of UFC, and um, we're going to test him. And and Modestus is still very much a work in process in progress. So what I mean by that, I don't mean that he he's um, you know. Uh, uh, you know, a, a bad fighter in his completion. But uh, what I'm trying to say is, his kid's got real, vast, real, real talent. It, yeah. yeah. Um, if you're going to beat him, you need to kind of do it now because as these months and, and years roll by, he's going to become a, a scary prospect for anyone. Um, you know, I, I see the guy training and uh, this guy is legit. I'm telling you, legit. And he's incredibly athletic. You know, this guy can do backflips and, and, and land just on his big toes. He's an incredible athlete. He really is. Um, you know, when I'm doing grappling with him and I try and hold half guard, I can barely wrap my legs around the top of his thighs. This guy's genetically big. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. Uh, I'm really, really excited. And if anyone deserves it, he does. He's a super, super nice guy. And, um, hey, that belt he, vacated he, his round now. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, it makes yeah it makes things more excited on the old cage warriors as well. But hey, you know it, it's it's all happening. This is the, the the final big test. You know, he's in the UFC. This is where he wanted to be. His dreams are coming true. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I'm I meant the UFC belt. <laughs> oh. John Jones vacated, didn't he? Oh yeah. Oh, well, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah I thought oh, you meant. Cool. <laughs> no, he did this one. The UFC one. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Maybe one day. Because yeah. I suppose the thing is, you've got these guys like DC and you've got John Jones and you've got these guys, they're coming to the end of their careers. Um, you know, they're getting older and you're seeing guys like Modestus, Jack Shaw, Brett Johns, Sean O'Malley. You know, there's loads in there, but there's a lot of... <laughs> I'm getting to you, don't worry. You've got Mason, you've got, um, you've got Oban Elliott, people like that. The Welsh MMA scene in particular is insane at the moment. Like, I said to Brett mm. um, when he came on this show, I said, like, I feel like realistically like you could genuinely say like between the next five to ten years you could have welsh champions like several of them in the ufc because mm. the talent pool is so deep and i'm sure danny is the same you know up in england and with you with your academy and and others that, which are similar but the, it's just finally now ufc is getting towards uh, 
UFC MMA is getting more towards boxing in terms of the talent and the just the general mm. buzz for it. And I feel like next five to ten years could really take it up a notch as well. Um, okay, main event. Um, look, we've been treated to some insane, insanely entertaining women's fights over the last uh, probably year or so. There's been some absolute bangers. Um, and Amanda Nunes was involved in a couple of them. Um, she is, by, in my opinion, the greatest female fighter of all time. Uh, she is just... She is just wild. It's just how good she is at everything. Um, I did not enjoy this fight, though. Um, it was so one-sided. I felt mm -hmm. like it should have been stopped. Um, probably second round. And that's being probably kind. Um, fair play, Felicia Spencer, by the way. She is one tough woman um, because she got beat for three rounds solid and she not once. Five, she, five, uh, rounds. five rounds. Sorry. Five, five rounds. Five rounds. Five rounds. Five rounds. Just Even worse. Three rounds would have been better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, she's, but today she's wishing it was three rounds. But I mean, I felt like it could have been stopped, i got to be honest. Um, that hematoma was nasty. It was like big and uh, it wasn't good. But um, well, we'll go round by round just briefly. Um, Danny, we'll start with you. Round one, uh, what did you make of this one? Yeah, I, I just, I, I felt like um, Nunes was uh, like a tiger or ready to come out at any time, but she was holding herself. She really showed her maturity. And, um, you know, rather than, go in there and try and uh, put down the kill in the first or second round. She felt uh, Spencer out. She knows she's got these five rounds. And um, and I felt like she was sort of like data collecting uh, on what she was up against. Um, but it, it, it just looked it just looked easy for her. Um, I, from the get-go, you could just see that Spencer was, was lacking in all areas um, in comparison to Nunes. I think the only reason why she got through those early rounds was, like I say, Nunes was merely going through the motions, just testing out each element, testing out her kicks, testing out a couple of hard hits, testing out some of the uh, uh, takedown attempts uh, defensively and then takedown attempts uh, uh, taking uh, Spencer down as well. I, don't, I just felt like it was uh, just all too easy. And, um, you know, the, the first round... And then the second round, the third, it just become more and more dominant. It really did. So, yeah, and Nunes all the way in, in that first round with an utter breeze. Oh, yes. Um, I'm assuming this message is for you, Danny. Uh, Zdenka says, Gearbox says goodnight. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good night. <laughs> uh, Mace, what did you make of that first round, uh, Mace? Uh, I just didn't check channel for this fight. Um I just seen it like after the first round. I think the first round was was a uh, sort of nine, a nine eight round, and then after that it was, they were all ten eights. Do you know what I mean it was just sort of Nunez just literally just destroyed her. Um, Nunez did look quite flat footed, and she did waddle a little bit. Um, she didn't seem as clean as I've seen her. She didn't look as active. Um, but Spencer just low success rate for chains and combos. Um, she had uh, Nunez had strong counters and was literally obviously showed with the hematoma on her head in the end. Um, she had some very nice throws. Um, clean Harry Goshi in the third. 
Um, good takedown control after screwing takedowns. Like that was obviously where she just dominated. Every time he did the floor, he wasn't going back up. Um, Spencer was just waiting. It wasn't a good way. He was just sort of like she. She just after take after the first round. Every time she moved in, she was just scared of getting clipped. Um, so she would, she just throw a couple of crap shots and then um, just go for a bad takedown. Um, Nunes let Spencer stand up and knows there's no risk. Um, I think that was the fourth or the fifth. And then um, so the first round significant strikes. Nunes hit eighteen shots and Spencer had one. I think I just explained mm. the whole fight journey. Wow, yeah. Um, Spencer didn't commit uh, takedowns. She was just shooting in the floor. Um, and Spencer squared off a lot. Um, it was just sort of, it was one of them fights where um, it wasn't clean, um, it wasn't exciting, it was just one of them fights where Nunes just literally took it through the rounds. I think she could have finished her in any one of the rounds if she tried to. Um, there was no sort of serious submission attempts apart from raining a choke in the second, I think it was. Mm. Um, but it just should have been finished earlier. Um, yeah. Obviously, did you feel, well, Mason, did you feel that um, Nunes backed off a little bit it was perhaps being, yeah yeah just, just literally just went for I think she took pity on Spencer I, I, I at one point it looked like because if if she if she just beat her out out of there in the in the first or the second which she could have easily done if she just took her apart and just finished it um, it just seems that she was happy to pace it through and just sort of no risk I think she must have thought if if she pushes too hard Spencer <laughs> could swing from the the hip and um and catch her with something um so. She just sort of seemed just happy to pace through and just win every round and dominate every round. Um, mm. Nunes didn't look in the best shape I've ever seen her either, mind. Um, so whether she was happy just to stay at her pace and just keep picking her apart, um, it was just when there was fights where I, I just didn't like the fight. I thought it was a terrible fight and um, mm. I struggled to watch it. Um, mm. Whether Spence, obviously it was people calling, saying that Spence's corner should have thrown the towel in. Um you're in a title fight. Do you know what I mean if your your corner's not going to throw a t- uh, the towel in in a title fight? It's just not going to happen. So, um, one of the comments to finish it. There, Mace, is um, Gaz was asking. He said, "Should the doctor or the trainer have stepped in?" So I mean, did not necessarily throw the towel in, but could the trainer have maybe said, "Right, come on, enough's enough." I know it's a title fight, but she was, you know, you're talking ten eight rounds. She got a massive hematoma. Sometimes maybe you've got to protect the fighter from themselves to fight another day. Do you know what I mean? But not in a title fight. Um, obviously, you see these fights. Um, all Spencer had to do was hit her with one good shot and she won the title. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. that's, that's your career goal. Um, my corner, we've, talk, we've spoken about it before. If you're in for a title fight, especially a UFC title fight, like that's the highest you can get. Um, in M- in M- in M- in MMA, God, I can say that. <laughs> but it's one of those. It's it's one of the biggest accolades you can you can want this day and age. Um, your corner's not going to throw a towel in unless it's something's seriously wrong. Um, obviously she took a lot of impacts. She looked like she broke her nose, big hematoma. But there was nothing that really screamed life changing injuries. There was nothing that was career ending. There was nothing that really could have been. Look, you need to stop because this is going to affect your career in the long run apart from just being a little bit gun-shy in the next couple of fights. But um, it was one of them fights. Uh, Spencer wanted to go out to shield, and I think her corner was just sort of hoping that she'd pull something out of the bag. And, like, I think Danny would agree with, with me as a fighter. Um, when you're in, in there, especially when you know you're pushing for that final medal, you then you're just going to give everything you want and everything you can give. And she did. Like, she came out in the fifth with her hands up, ready to go, uh, even if she took an absolute pace then. Yeah. 
Um, and the other question was, um, was Nunez too relaxed in this fight generally? Um, like you mentioned, you didn't think she was in as good shape as she has been previously. Um, and obviously, you know, she is arguably the greatest female fighter of all time. So could there be a bit of, um, I don't know what the word is, not necessarily arrogance, but like a bit of, uh, I don't know, just not being quite at it. Like I mentioned with John Jones, maybe because you've beaten everyone, um, and like one of the comments I just saw there said, you know, Cyborg basically ran away to Bellator because she couldn't beat Amanda Nunes. Um, could that be an aspect to it, or do you think you know she just maybe a bit the 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 shape thing could be because of you know because of the lockdown and all the pandemic, and then you know she did what she had to do to win the fight. She won it very comfortably. She did damage, but she also maybe took a bit of foot off the gas. Me? <laughs> sorry, 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 I forgot you're... to say who I was asking. Sorry, Dan, boss. You um, that with me. Uh, I just sort of didn't see Spencer as a threat leading up to the fight anyway. Um, no. Nunes is level above most people. I think the only fight that really makes sense for Mana Nunes would be Valentino. Um, Shevchenko. I think that'd be a crazy fight. Dave. Everyone else is just way to waste of time. Uh, women's divisions are always a bit sparser than the men's, but um, I just there's no one really coming through that really screams that they're going to be a threat. Cyborg was the big one they run their hopes on, and then obviously they had a, a crazy exchange which looked like a tavern brawl, pub brawl, and um, Nunes obviously come out on top, and then like I said, Cyborg left. So who knows? Um, Nunes is going down as the best of the generation. Um, I hate the whole goat thing. Um, yeah. Greatest of the generation is always better. And um, she's literally cemented herself as one of the greatest women. So um, no one's really going to top her at the minute. So she's obviously just going to keep challenging and um, she'll retire happily, I think. I can't really see the way it's going at the moment. Is anyone coming through this could be a threat? Yes, yeah, it's, it's, you are mm -hmm. right about the, the female. Um, like the divisions are a lot sparser. They did mention someone on... Um, on the on the show from another company which potentially could come in i, I can't remember what her name was but um to me Shev, shevchenko is the one you've got to go with uh next for nunez um well Dan, kayla harrison's uh, in lfa and that would be a great fight say again sorry kayla harrison's in lfa and that would be a great fight ah, maybe i'm sure she's one. a featherweight as well yeah it's a shame there's not like uh, like we just talked about the the strength coming through the UK scene, uh, like young fighters. It's a shame there's not a load of young female fighters, featherweights maybe coming through, which could have those dream fights with uh, yeah, definitely Nunes. But you know, it is what it is, I suppose. Um, Danny, uh, would you go with Shevchenko next for Nunes? Yeah, I mean that's the only only person I think that can push her in the way that she needs to be pushed to see her a, 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 a greatest, if you will. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, you know, special mind as well. yeah, she is, she is, but she's quite a bit naturally smaller, isn't she? Yeah. She's, she's not as big. So, um, yeah. But um, I don't think Dana White's going to put that on though, is he? No, I don't. Either. I don't think, I don't he, think he's he interested wants, in that. I don't think he wants Shevchenko to lose either though, is the other thing. Yeah, she's dominating her division. Yeah, and obviously she's lost uh, Amanda Nunes previously. Even though I think That's they right. were a bit dodgy decisions, I had sort of the other way. They were close, mm. um, but 
we'll see. Um, the women's division, like I said, is sparse. And the two-weight division thing is sort of, it does slow divisions down, even if it's good to see. Um, obviously, with like Sahuda was a great one in this. It just, the flyweight and the bandweight division basically died as soon as he had the belt because unless they were fighting him, nothing really mattered because it didn't matter what you did. You couldn't you couldn't get a shot because he was either fighting flyweight or he's fighting a bandum. So it was just sort of, you could only have one title defence every couple of months. Yeah, and that's mm. why that bantamweight division looks so insane now as well, isn't it? Because a lot of those it's all built up would have had the <laughs> title shot by now. Um, okay, so just to finish off a couple of things, uh, I noticed that uh, yesterday, I think it was, or it might have even been earlier today, I lose track, but uh, we got Tyson Fury and uh, Joshua. And Joshua signed a two-fight deal, apparently. Um, oh, interesting. Who will win, Mason? I ain't going to put my money on Fury. Um, Fury is just one of them people who shows up and ruins people's day. Um, Joshua, I've always think he's a brilliant athlete. But um, Fury's just got something about him. Yeah, I think so. I think um, Fury is like... Uh, I don't know. He's, there's something, something special about him. I just think he's got the power and the the movement. I think most of all to elude uh, Joshua, Joshua's big shots. And Joshua, I think you just point him out. He'll just yeah, beat him Joshua's on points. Shown as well, he can be hurt and mm. doesn't always react well to getting yeah. caught. What about you, Dan? Yeah, I think AJ's too 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 stiff in comparison to someone like Fury. Fury's got the reach, the height, the footwork. I just think he's going to just touch him up to death in in each round. Just to regard you to win. That's it. Yeah. That's it. it. Especially, like you said, if they sign a two-fight deal, then I can see that fight being ridiculously boring. Um, If if, uh, uh, Fury goes out there and he does the right fight, then all all you can just do is just pick him up and just move. And like I said, just use his awkward style to keep him away from him. And um, Mm. it's going to be an end of a night, uh, bad night for Joshua. Uh, mm. I don't know boxing. Obviously, I boxed myself previously pro. Um, it's it's just not as much fun as MMA. At least in MMA, if someone curls up into a ball against the cage, you can take them down. You can drop knees, elbows. You can change it up. Um, boxing's difficult. Um, it's difficult to get through, um, especially if people just want to stay away and stay cagey. So um, it's one of the ones where it, they can sort of they they can go the distance a lot a lot more, especially if the two fighters are quite cagey about obviously. Uh, winning or losing and they sort of feed each other out so I can see it going all the way um, however many rounds going to be is it 12, 15? Mm. 12 yeah, yeah. Isn't it? 12 the other... say again sorry mate is it 12 or 15 rounds now for a title guys? 12 the thing is with both of them is they're capable of knocking each other out aren't they? like whilst mm. you could see Fury outpointing him you could also see Joshua getting a big shot and knocking him out, and vice versa. With those heavyweights, they got yeah. that power which can end the fight in seconds. And knock anyone out. He will do big numbers on pay per view, I'd imagine. Anyway, either way. Yeah. Um. Okay, Mason. What is next for you? Well, hopefully, I'll get a fight soon. <laughs> um, we don't know. Um, I've not spoken with my manager yet. Obviously, um, Graham's sorting all the UFC guys out. So, um. I just sort of give him space and wait till everything's sorted and he'll get in touch when he knows. I'm back training, I'm back cutting weight. Um, I'm aiming for sometime in September. 
So plenty of time to cut weight, plenty of time to get super fit and plenty of time to sharpen stuff up. Um, the past couple of weeks since lockdown started, all I've really done is worked on my kicking and my striking a bit more. Obviously, um, I haven't really been doing it, being able to do any contact, so jiu-jitsu or wrestling. Whereas um, we scraped away with some pad sessions um, pretty much all the way through. Um, do you mean kicking? We, we, we were about two meters away. By my, my, my leg length and them holding pads is about two meters. So um, we got the working we needed to. And um, my kicking has gone to the roof. So um, hopefully I'll be able to tighten everything else up by the time the date comes around and um, I can get another good performance win. But um, obviously I don't think I'm far off getting a call up um, following in obviously people like Modeska's shoes. So um, I'll just keep working away, keep beating people. And um, whenever I get signed, I get signed. No rush. And that's the thing, there's a few uh, few people I feel like are on the brink in Cage Warriors of maybe making that jump. You've got yourself, you've got uh, Paddy, the Paddy Pimblet, he can't be far off. And, if, you know, there's a few other ones. Um, there was a couple a couple of guys were going to fight on the, the UFC London card, Cage Warriors fighters. And then, obviously, with that getting cancelled... But there's that French guy as well. He'll be a massive draw. Um, I can never say his name. Um, he's a fair featherweight. Um, you've got um, was uh, you've got the featherweight champion as well, like uh, Max Bennell. Um There's always people and Reese McGee at Welter. Um, Reese is pushing to get signed as well. Um, obviously, he's next in line to fight for the the welterweight title. Um, just been vacated. So there's there's loads of people pushing pushing on and like you Cage Warriors is the best seeder for UFC out of all the um, European shows um, even the American shows they sign more people than anyone else so um, if anyone's gonna get someone signed they'll be Cage Warriors yeah and I think in terms of getting shows on I think it's great for Cage Warriors that they've gone from BT to UFC Fight Pass. Because Dan, obviously, with with the, the Cage Warrior shows being on Fight Pass now, UFC want those shows on because they want content for their service. Mm. So they're going to organise these Fight Island shows for Cage Warriors as well, I'd imagine. Do you think, Dan? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, okay, Mace, uh, tell the people where they can find you on social media. Right, so... Um... Two things. Um, quick shout out while I get two minutes. My sponsors as well. <laughs> um, shout out to the Tammy Fightwear. Obviously, I am always wearing their kit. Um, SDC Lens, another one. CCF Scaffolding, Paint Seekers. Um, all big shout outs. They've all supported me all the way through. Um, uh, Candle Tans, another one. Um, and then you can get find me on my Instagram. That's the best. Drop me a message. Um, I do always get back to people. So that's at Mason Jones 95 and then I've got a Facebook page, Mason the Dragon Jones. I'm not that good at replying on there. Uh, my team's quite bad as well. And then Twitter as well, uh, which is at Mason Jones 995. But um, drop me a message on Instagram. I'll get back in touch. Um, I do rep- try and reply to most most comments as long as you're not trying to sell me things. Um, so drop me a message and we'll get back to you. And um, thanks for all the support. Indeed. Uh, Danny, uh... Anything you would like to add, my friend? Uh, yeah, I just got a quick question for Mason. Um, you know, you've gone quite extensively uh, unbeaten now, and predominantly yeah. nearly all your fights have been on this big platform of Cage Warriors. Um, some people uh, carry that unbeaten record like they have a sense of invincibility, and then other people can also have a sense of 
putting pressure on themselves. How does having an unbeaten record under such a, uh, a big fight promotion, how do you sort of carry that? Does it give you a sense that you can't be beat or is it something that you feel that it does put a, a bigger bigger burden to try and keep that unbeaten record? How, does, how do you carry it fight by fight? Um, just from my judo, um, the history and stuff I did, and I did, like the years I've been competing, and like, I did thousands of judo competitions, and like I lost a lot. <laughs> I lost a lot, <laughs> and I lost a lot of people, and it just got to the point where I genuinely don't care. Like I'll go out out there, and um, you're gonna have to kill me, or you're gonna have to knock me out, or submit me to get me out of there. And um, yeah. I break fights down, I do all the prep work. So by the time I get a fight, I feel immortal. Do you know what I mean I feel invincible, and I feel like you can't touch me? So yeah. um, I've never really had a problem. Um, the last couple of fights, my mentality's been better and all the rest. And um, mm. I remember, like, we was waiting to walk out to the Joe fight. And um, we was like... Um, so, because there was obviously a closed arena and they had the black curtain around, it was like a little cotton sheet hide, um, separating me and Joe's corner. And um, obviously, Joe's deep... I, um, he's from, like, Ireland. He's got a strong Irish accent. And um, we were, like, laughing and joking around. All we could do was, come on, Joe, you're going to do this, Joe, in this Irish accent. And we were just literally pissing ourselves <laughs> on the other side of the curtain. And... Um, it's just like I love fighting. Um, obviously, I know Danny, you'd feel the same being an ex fighter as well. Like, there's nothing mm. that that excitement and that feeling. There's there's nothing mm. I like more. So, um, I just like fighting. So, nah, the um the undefeated stuff is just sort of um another sort of another notch to my cape. It's just something else that um mm. is sort of I can carry. But um, if if I lose eventually, I lose. I just I I can't see anyone being able to beat me. Um, Get UFC, start taking people out. Maybe someone will step up. But um, like you said about Modeskis, like I haven't hit hit my stride yet. There's still loads of things I haven't really shown the best fight I can be. And then um, the higher the um, opposition you put in front of me, the better performance I'll put out. So find me a better guy, and um, I'll perform even better. So um, like they asked me who I want to fight next. I asked for a UFC veteran. Like that's what I want. I want to be able to. I want to be fighting the top guys and guys who can show that I'm more than good enough to make it in UFC. Um, I'm happy to fight on Cage Warriors for as long as I need to. Um, so I'm not really gonna interested in sitting back. Just keep getting me guys, putting the best in front of me. They can dig up, and I'll just keep putting guys away. Yeah, yeah. And one more question. Can I, can I ask another question? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Strict time limit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, if you're going to have your first chance in UFC and you could pick anyone as your first introductory fight, um, who would you choose that to be? You know, just being obviously, <laughs> no, not that you can jump in there and just fight for a title or anything, but regards like actually helping your career, who would you be oh. like, hey, that would be a great matchup for me? Um, you know, there is some risk involved, but it would be a great step in the door. Have you got someone that you would have your eye on? To be honest, I just look at the top 10. Um, like These are the guys I'm targeting. I always look at the, the top. Um, people like Dustin Poirier, um, Justin Gaethje, um, obviously McGregor. These are the guys you're always looking. These are the guys you're always on the fight. Habib. Um, the Habib fight would be a horrible fight. Like I don't think anyone mm. really looks at Habib and thinks, that would be an exciting fight for me. I don't think anyone can mm. fight Habib and get an exciting fight away. Um, but... Uh, Style-wise, I like to fight Dustin Poirier or um, Gaethje. Um, they're, they're the types mm. of fights that interest me. Um, but there's there's a lot of people I, I like to fight in that division. Like the, the lightweight division is arguably one of the most stacked divisions in the all UFC. I agree. Yeah, definitely. Like you, There's never a time where there's no one in that division. So there's never a time mm. where you think, oh, there's not that many people coming through. There's always someone coming through that you think, oh my God, they are crazy. Um, so... Yeah. The, it's, it's it's a deep division. I think light heavyweight, like you said, but the discus, that's another one. 
Um, this that's another crazy division, and other divisions where really you you get the fighters that stand out, and I just want to be in in the mix. Um, but mm. yeah, there's just throw me at someone. Just get me, let me sign. I'll fight there. Anyway. Just <laughs> just let me fight someone. I'm sure it's coming soon. Sure, won't be long. Thank you guys <laughs> for having me on as well. Um, it's been lovely to speak to you, and um, it's been really interesting, and I've really enjoyed it. Welcome back anytime, mate. Popular in the comments as well on YouTube. Will do. Danny, thank you for joining us. As always, pleasure. Mate, it's a pleasure. And uh, guys, follow the the new page for this show at Danny Batten FS on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, like I said, all the shows and the audio versions all go through Ace Podcast Nation as usual. We just separated the the MMA and the football and a couple of the others. <laughs> Just so people who only like that stuff can focus on that stuff and we can bring in some more people. And that just basically speaks to the growth that we've uh, that we've experienced in quite a quick amount of time. I think we're nearly up to 10,000 followers on Facebook now, which is yeah, incredible to good. me still. But I thank you all. I thank you, Mason, for joining us. Pleasure. And I thank you, Danny. Show us the bell yes. again then before we finish. Come on, get it out. Where's the camera? This way. <laughs> oh. Look at that. There it's she is. Up this way. It, it just starts to smell of this. Needs to be out there in China again, I think. <laughs> Cheers, guys. And thanks to everyone for watching. Podcast Network.